Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is the Trade Exchange on Continental Tyres. AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres. This trade period, Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey bringing you a lot over the next hour. G'day, Cal. G'day, Riley. Big show coming up. Looking forward to it. We're about to chat with Adelaide List manager Justin Reid. So plenty going on at the Crows. <laughs> After that, we'll speak to Ryan Vague, who is Jordan Degoe's manager. Obviously a big deal signed by the mm-hmm. Star Magpie this morning, a five-year deal. We'll talk to him about how close he was to leaving the Magpies potentially. Then we've got a chat with Connors Sports Management's Nick Geishan and top 10 draft prospect Harry Sheasel. So looking forward to that. Jam-packed hour coming up. Massive episode. Jordan Degoe, not the only player to sign a five-year extension this morning as he broke exclusively on afl.com.au earlier this week. Tom Papley yes. has also put five years onto his deal, already contracted for 2023, but taken one of the big pre-agents off the market. Yeah, big move there for the Swans and for Papley too. It's an amazing turnaround. Three years ago, he wanted to go to the Blues. Since then, he's had the three best years of his career. So a great deal for him and a great deal for the Swans. All right, someone who will be trying to get a few more great deals over the line during this year's trade period is Adelaide List boss, Justin Reid. He joins us on Trade Radio. G'day, Justin. Riley Cow, how are you, boys? Good, thank you. Justin, we might kick in straight away with Isaac Rankin. How are negotiations progressing there? Yeah, I think Craig uh, went on the record yesterday. We've had a few discussions with Gold Coast and I think they're heading in the right direction. I won't go into the detail, but obviously um, pick five sitting there and uh, we're just, I guess, working through what that looks like. So, um, you know, we'll catch up a bit more next week and, and work through that as we get closer to the deadline. Do you anticipate ready to have to pay more than, than pick five? And would you be willing to do that to get Rankin across the line? Oh, look, we're, we're obviously Isaac's a priority. Um, we want to get him into the football club and we'll work through that with Gold Coast. So I won't go into specifics, but um, certainly pick five is is a very good pick and, you know, we'll work through that together. Tell us about the pursuit of Isaac. Clearly a South Australian. He came through the 2018 draft. You've, you've been, I'm sure, across him throughout his junior years as well. Tell us about how this ramped up across the year and, and when you thought you'd, you'd landed him. Yeah, Cal, I mean, Isaac, obviously, we knew he was a high-end talent coming through the South Australian pathway, and he's a massive Crows fan. And look, sometimes uh, things happen quickly or things take time when you're talking about acquisitions. So, you know, we knew from day one that there was always a possibility of Isaac wanting to come home. There's really strong family ties and, and, and relationships in South Australia, and I think he's gone on the record, you know, growing up as a five-, six-year-old, jumping off the couch and taking marks in his Crows jumper. So... Um, we've kept in contact with, with his management throughout and I think, you know, he played this year on Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide v Gold Coast and it may have sparked something that 
probably left the door open for us. So, you know, we're wrapped up. Isaac's keen to get back to the Adelaide Football Club and South Australia itself and hopefully we can work through that over the next week for him. Josh Rochelle, pretty excited as well to be sharing a forward line with him. And, you know, we saw the, the steps in development from Darcy Fogarty as well this year. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, Josh is wrapped to, uh, you know, have the calibre of Isaac come to the football club. And as I said, we're, we're always keen on looking at high-end talent, trying to bring that into the football club. And, you know, obviously South Australians, we keep a real close eye on. But, um, yeah, certainly that forward line with Riley Thilthorpe and Fogarty and McAdam, it's certainly um, starting to develop. We, uh, we're very young in that space outside of Tex. You know, a few years ago as part of this rebuild. And, you know, it just takes time to build that cohesion and, and bring that model together. Do you expect any more incomings during this year's trade period, Reedy? Riley, I think I think we'll be pretty quiet. I mean, um, look, Isaac on the back of Geordie Dawson last year, we've gone to the draft, as you both would know, over the last four years, you know, with a lot of picks and, and bringing in some high-end talent. So we need to give that time to settle. So we have uh, need to expose the list, get some games into the list as well. So I think we'll be pretty quiet. We'll, we'll look at Isaac and then and go to the draft most likely. We're pretty tight for list spots as well. Billy Frampton is one that's requested a trade to Collingwood. What do you think gets the deal done there? Yeah, look, well, I've caught up with uh, Graham Rod on a couple of occasions and, and, and pretty clear that I think a future three will get that done. So we'll just wait for, for Collingwood to come back and see what that looks like. They've got a bit on their plate as well. So I guess they'll work through a few things, but I think that should uh, get it done. We'll talk, of course, across this year, Justin, around Matt Crouch. He's contracted to the Crows for another year. Do you expect him to be at the club next year? Have you had any conversations with other clubs around Matt Crouch and, and where he could play in 2023? Yeah, no, we, we, Matt's contracted for 2023, so I think we've, we've, we've been on the record. I understand the interest, especially in South Australia, being a best and fairest winner, All-Australian. Um, he's a quality individual and player for our football club and at times found himself out of the team this year, so we understand the interest. But no, Matt's a, a contracted player and, we expect Matt to um, have a big off-season and, and we'll see him in the Crows' colours most likely next year. One who hasn't been offered a contract as yet or is uncontracted is James Rowe. Do you expect him to be in the colours next year in that forward line? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, this time of year, a lot of clubs have, you know, at least half a dozen players on hold through this trade period. So, And, and Rowe is an outstanding young man and has played 36-odd games over the last two years. So... We need to probably work through this trade period and just see where you sit with uh, our list spots and rookie spots and see how that plays out. So it's um, not an easy time and, and they're hard conversations to have, but they've been ongoing conversations for a while. So we've got three or four in, in the same boat. So it's, um, we'll have to work through that once we get through trade period. A couple more who are contracted but have been linked elsewhere throughout the year. Both of them linked to Carlton, I think, throughout the year and Lockie Scholl and, and Fisher Mackesy. Do you expect both of them to be at the club next year? Yeah, Riley, I expect both guys to be at the club. Yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, there's a lot of noise and speculation around, uh, or not this time of year, but even the three or four months leading into the trade period. But no, we certainly expect those boys uh, to be at the football club next year. Ready, you the youngest team on average every week this year with an, an average age of 24 years and also the least experienced side week on week with 64 games. Where does that leave your group in terms of the rebuild, which... You guys made a pretty aggressive decision a couple of years ago after that, that grand final to, to cut back and, and rebuild through the draft. How far into it are you? And you know, do you see that, that light at the end of the tunnel coming closer and closer? Yeah, Cal, I think, as you said, we, we made, you know, from the board down, you know, a real conscious decision halfway through 2019 to be quite aggressive with 
a rebuild, which is you know the first time in the history of the football club, and and that was a back of back of you know an aging list and and probably where we sat on the back of 2017 to 19 um, that we knew we weren't going to get back to where we wanted to. So uh, look, the work starts then, but as you just mentioned, you, you're nearly at your lowest point three years in. It's not like it's all linear uh, from year one to year three. You you need to cut, um, and then what you'll find is your ageing games demographic drops and through that you then lack experience and the only way to get experience and to come out the other side is obviously have seasons and games in cohesion with the group. So I think what's been great is to go from three wins to seven wins to eight wins and I think the consistency and our members can see how we want to play and the effort we give. I think with being such a young group, there's a strong foundation that Nixie and the coaching groups laid there. So... Look, there's certainly plenty of work to be done um, and we want to get back to finals football as soon as we can, but um, there's a bit of patience that comes with that. Eight wins this year, as you mentioned, we saw some of that development. What do you still see as the the list areas, the areas that you'd like to address? We know ranking coming in will certainly help that forward brigade. Do you still look at different ends of the ground or key position spots as as being targets over coming seasons? Yeah, Cal, I think... Again, we, we need to expose the list itself to, to actually understand on, on what we, we have coming through and, and then where, I guess, where that gap analysis is. So we're always looking to add uh, high-end talent, but as you've seen this year, like Drew Berry and a Schomburg, Saligo, Phil Thorpe, Hamill, Fogarty, Rochelle, like, we actually have a lot of talent on our list. So giving them more time to play with each other and, and, and getting guys to find the roles that suit them will then assist us with our decision-making. So... Again, exposing the list, getting a lot of this group to 50 to 80 games as quick as we can. And then through that, we'll certainly um, you know, look from an acquisition point of view to, to address, I guess, what you'd call some holes or some depth that we need through the list. So again, you know, a little bit maybe through the midfield behind the ball, but again, we need to be a bit patient. Um, you know, two years ago, not too many knew Jordan Butts, and you know, now he's a real key pillar of our defence. So uh, things just take a bit of time. Reedy, you mentioned before around pick number five potentially being on the table for Isaac Rankin. If that is traded, would you look to pull some levers to get back into the draft potentially? You've, you've taken high picks to the draft for a number of years now. Is that is that something you'd look to, to try and get back into the club? Yeah, right. We would, would, we would be open to that. Obviously, um, you've got your pick uh, or your trade pick period between the trade period and the draft itself. So there's certainly different ways to get up in the draft. So... Um, we'll continually work through that in this trade period and, and look how this year looks, but also your future picks. So, yeah, we're certainly open-minded. Number 23 after pick five as well. We've got Next Generation Academy player Isaac Keeler, who you only would get uh, access to as a priority selection after pick 40. Also, father-son prospect Max Michelini. Have you, yourself and, and Hamish Ogilvy, got any views on where those two might fit into the draft pool? I think I had him in the top 30 today in the fandom form <laughs> guide. Is, is that where you're expecting them? Thanks for that, Cow. Um, <laughs> did other clubs ask you to do that for us? Or, uh, no, all independent. <laughs> yeah, no, very good, very good. Um, look, I think it's a bit early for that. I think, as you know, you get through the combine and then you do a lot more work leading into the draft. But uh, both young men have been involved with the footy club for you know a period of time. And as you said with Isaac, unless it's uh, outside pick 40, um, it's a little bit of out of our control. And, and with Max, we've loved what he's done this year. And you know, he was really unlucky to be dropped for that Nord Grand Final, but we'll catch up with Max and the family post the trade period and sit down with them and, and try and map out what it looks like. But um, both quality young men and certainly both got a lot of talent. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, you know, later in the year. 
Just before we let you go, Justin, I was scrolling Twitter the other day and something caught my eye. It's happened a few times now. <laughs> I, I keep getting stuck on it. Follow Sports Illustrated and all these American sports accounts. And Justin Reid popped up in the Sports Illustrated account. I'm like, what's he doing over there? Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. Have you ever found yourself getting a second guest or, or look at what's happening on Twitter and going, what, is that me? Is there <laughs> any ever any confusion there from your end as well? Well, well, Kev, Tommy Duda is a massive NFL fan, so he does send me some text messages of uh, of of the great Justin Reid and what he's doing at Kansas City. He's a safety and a kicker, but I'd love to be sharing in his three-year, thirty-one million-dollar contract. <laughs> Funny you ask. I, I I went on a study trip and I went over to Stanford on a couple of occasions, um, and I think I got five percent smarter by just walking into the campus. <laughs> and I I must have been. 2018 or 19, I'm just sitting at work and I've got an email from the athletics director of Stanford. I thought, oh, this is interesting. I thought he's just reaching out. I open the attachment. It's an official invite for Justin Reed to the uh, NFL combine. <laughs> so there's this, uh, you know, what am I probably at this stage, a 42-year-old uh, white Australian, uh, about five foot nine, um, being invited to the NFL combine. So... I sat on it for 24 hours just to make myself feel good. And then I had to actually email the director back and say, look, I think you've got the wrong Justin Reed. Mistaken identity. <laughs> Mistaken identity. So I do, I do follow him now. He's um, my, my two young boys. Uh, they, they think it's quite amusing. Well, Reedy, good luck during the trade period. Good luck against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night as well. You've uh, got a big weekend ahead of you. Thanks, Riley. Thanks for joining us on Trade Radio. Thanks, this is Thanks, the trade exchange for Reem built up for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install a Reem. Plenty more to get through. We'll speak to the manager of Jordan Degoe, Ryan Vague, after this short break. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. AFL Trade Exchange for Ream. Install a Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. And, of course, the biggest news of the morning. Collingwood has locked away superstar mid-forward Jordan Tagoe to a new five-year contract. He was the last remaining restricted free agent still unsigned heading into the trade period. But now he has secured his future until at least the end of 2027 with the Magpies. And to speak about Jordan Degoe re-signing at the club, we have his manager, Ryan Vague, on the line. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Riley. How are you? Not too bad, thank you, mate. How did Jordan settle on this, what was a pretty big decision? Uh, yeah, it was a massive decision. Um, I even gave him the option of sleeping on it last night, but pretty late uh, in the evening, uh, We'd had some advancements yesterday with the footy club. Uh, Geordie went away from that meeting, had a chat with his parents and a couple of close friends and people uh, he confides in. And, um, yeah, he probably reached his uh, decision late last night, rang me and said he wants to uh, remain a pie for five more years. So it was really exciting. And I think he slept very well after that. (laughs) Ryan, it's Cal Toomey. Thanks for coming on for a chat. The... Week has played out very publicly. How's it been from inside the tent in terms of how this process has been in its final stages? Because there has been a, a, a crunch time coming with the free agency window opening. 
Yeah, g'day, Cal. How are you? Um, it has played out, you know, pretty uh, publicly. Um, not what uh, I think uh, Jordan, myself, or all parties uh, would like, but that's just the nature of it, um, probably in the industry. Uh, we always knew behind closed doors we were trying to work towards um, the best outcome. Uh, well, I know from my perspective, the best outcome for Jordan that was possible um, and, and work closely with the pies on that. Um, it's not just this week, but, you know, for a, a long period of time this year. Um, and that was just through some, you know, uh, good faith negotiating, uh, sitting down, working through um, the challenges that was trying to construct a deal such as this around, you know, fair and equitable for all parties. Um, and we were able to, you know, really get to that position yesterday that everyone's comfortable. And, um, yeah, probably the biggest thing is, I think, from the pies and from Jordan's perspective, everyone's just extremely excited and positive about what the next five years, five years brings. And he said today he's a, he's a pie for life. Uh, the behavioural clauses have been a sticking point in these negotiations. Where has that landed? Um, are they included? To what degree? Um, yeah, the first part, the pie for life is interesting because when he put that up, I thought, is he saying he's done after the five <laughs> years? Like, him, uh, should I have should I got him <laughs> options for year six and seven or something <laughs> thrown in there? Um, uh, he's got a so, bit more to go after the next five, I think, if all going well. Yeah, we'll see. Um, in terms of the behavioural stuff, um, like, I'm not going to speak, uh, obviously, it's, it's intimate to me and, and I have knowledge of it, but the one thing I will say is um, the biggest thing um, for Jordan and, and what we conveyed to the club and they respectfully understood and we reached the position is that, you know, Jordan, like all other AFL players, we weren't going to have, you know, from our side of things, Jordan held to any um, standards above that of, of what is expected of an AFL um, player under rules, regs, code of conduct policies. And I think even the PA was, was strong on that this week. And um, so were we. Um, we weren't here to set a precedent moving forward um, that could uh, expose players to more. Um, the club was very respectful of that. Um, and that's probably about all I'll say. Jordan is still bound by the behaviours expected of an AFL player. Um, and the rest of it um, will stay um, between the parties. Did he always want to stay at Collingwood throughout this process? Was that always his number one priority? Um, it's a funny one. People always ask you that, even though it's probably a bit closer to myself and Geordie. Um, I had a, a feeling all along, but because it was such a body of work done with exploring free agency and um, a lot of people I've spoken to and have made mention to this that there was about getting the information and all the pieces of the puzzle to put, uh, you know, to let Jordan have a really, you know, fully informed decision um, on what is, you know, the biggest decision of his, his football career moving forward. Um, I think in Geordie, I always said to Geordie, you know, it's going to be what your heart says and in your gut, that instinct feel of what do you want? Um, I think it was always there that he wanted to be a pie um, and, and sign on. And then, you know, the business side of things and, and, and the negotiations took place and exploring free agency, which he did. Um, he, you know, then the head comes into it and you start thinking about, you know, what could be other clubs, other potential um, you know, um, I guess positions we could have landed at, but um, I think in his heart of hearts, it was always um, him to stay a magpie, and I'm, I'm glad we got to that decision. 
Tell us about St Kilda's interest throughout the year, Ryan. By the end, were they the only other club he, he would have gone to if it had gone the other way? Um, yeah, like with respect to this too, like I'll only touch on, you know, a little bit of it. Um, St Kilda's interest was genuine um, all along and, and for a long period of time. Um, the one thing I will say about the Saints and, and Geordie conveyed this to me last night too when he got to his decision is he, you know, as hard as it is to tell the team that, you know, might miss out on you or, or don't, you know, lure you to that, you know, free agency aspect. Um, his decision was to remain a Collingwood footballer. It wasn't to not go to another club, um, you know, such as St Kilda. And they put forward, you know, a real impressive, you know, um, strong stance on trying to lure Jordan over as a restricted free agent. Um, both he and I were super impressed with the Saints at every meeting we had from everyone within that organisation. And unfortunately, it didn't pan out. Um, but, you know, respectfully to those guys, like I wish them all the best. I think they're, for all the St Kilda fans as well, I think um, you've got a club that's, you know, striving for um, excellence and, and a desire to win. And I hope they get it. Um, I just maybe hope Geordie gets his maybe before they do and <laughs> the pies now. But, um no, just, just that were the ultimate professionals. I can't thank um, the Saints so for now. And just before we let you go, how how big a role did Craig McRae play? Not only in the decision in in Geordie's mind, but across his whole season as well, and 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 how he performed, particularly with that final series. Yeah, well, Craig's the one who told me to get to work on this. He did to get and get Jordan, and get Jordan signed up. Um, now that was a little bit misreported. That was uh, uh, I've got a lot of time for. Uh, why um, over the journey um, in terms of how big it was on a decision of Geordie I think it was a um, you know Craig uh, shows nothing but love and support for um, his players first and foremost as people and then secondly as footballers um, Geordie's felt that love and support and Craig's spoken you know really openly about that um, and puts the person before the footballer um, but Craig's just one piece of that you know um, that puzzle for Geordie that that's love and support he shows Geordie. I think Geordie reciprocates that and wants to show it back to someone like Fly. But it's a team he's got around him. You know, it's all the all the line coaches, the support staff, the volunteers. You know, what Geordie's built over eight years with, you know, players at the club. Um, yeah, the the whole organisation, um, I think, has, you know, wrapped their arms around Geordie and Craig Pay is a big part of that. But um, I think he'd be the first to say as well that it, it's a team approach and, yeah, Geordie just wants to be around that environment going forward. Well, Ryan, congratulations on the deal. We appreciate having you on Trade Radio. No worries. Thanks, guys. Ryan Vague there, the manager of Jordan DeGoey. Got a big half hour coming up, Cal? We do. Looking forward to having Nick Geishan and Harry Sheasel in for a chat. Harry Sheasel, top five, maybe, pick. You tell us. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty close there. Looking forward to having a chat with him. All right, they will be right after this. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book in to your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Play the Monopoly game at Macca's for a one in four chance to bring home a win. Prizes like a barbecue galore premium barbecue pack. An ultimate barcode gardening kit. Visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. 
This is Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio engine in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Cal, we're joined by two very special guests in the studio. We've got Nick Geishen from Connor Sports Management and Harry Sheasel, young Sandringham Dragons prospect, who you had rated where this morning, Cal, in your phantom form guide? Number four. Yep. You happy with that? Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> How are we, boys? Um, might just start, Nick, by asking you. It's obviously a busy period for for everyone at this time of the year. How have you are? How have you found it that in the twenty twenty two version heading into the trade period? Uh, personally, I'm probably not as busy. Mm. Um, but in saying that, I feel like across the AFL, it's it's really busy and it's going to be um, it's going to be pretty active. So, uh, Robbie Durazio, who I work with, is going to be extremely busy with three or four deals that he's got going on and it sounds like across the competition there's going to be um, a lot of deals done too. One of the deals that you're heavily involved in have been heavily involved in across this year has been Dan McStay's move from Brisbane as a free agent to Collingwood. Tell us about how that one's played out across the year. Um, yeah, good question, Cal. So Dan, Dan's obviously been at the Lions for coming up nine years, um, has had a really good run there, um, was really open-minded at the start of the year, just wanted to, I guess, um, focus on footy and with the Lions being so close to, you know, um, finals and his goal was to win a flag. But as the season's unfolded, um, I guess, and having chats with his partner and, you know, family, the idea of coming home to finish his footy in Melbourne was appealing. Um, he's been away from home since he was 17. So I think he wanted to finish the back end of his career playing in front of family and friends. Harry, so we'll, Harry we'll get to you in a second. But yeah. Um, Will that one go through as a free agency move now? Because the move from John to go to re-sign has probably cleared the path a little bit to avoid any trade now. Yeah, there was a bit of thought maybe earlier in the week, depending on Jordan's situation, that it may have been a trade, but it looks like now that Jordan has decided to stay that it'll be a free agency move, which is great. Where do the Pies tend to intend to use Dan? He can play forward, can play back, has done both throughout his career. As you say, been in the AFL for a significant period now. Where does he want to play and where do they see him playing? I think ideally they'd love to see him play as a as a forward to work alongside my check and they've obviously got such good, you know, medium, small forwards, but they probably do need another key key forward. Um, Dan can play a number of roles, but probably that lead up, connector role, um, leading up, you know, um, and then working hard back into the fifty. But as we saw in the finals, he he's got good flexibility. He can play rock, he can play key back if needed. So he's just a a really good, you know, six foot four swingman, cracking bloke. He's he's um, yeah, he 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 can play a number of roles, but ideally forward, I'd say. You also look after Francis Evans, uh, who was obviously delisted by Geelong earlier in the week. Uh, Cal's reported on AFL.com to you that he's got a nice little offer as a delisted free agent at Port Adelaide. Do you expect that one to get done? Cal might have got some mail there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Francis. It's early days, but my gut feel is Francis will end up at Port Adelaide, which is great. What about Ryan Clark? Uh, still without a deal at Sydney, uh, uncontracted at the moment, but had a really great season. Back half of the season, really found a niche there and and played in the grand final just last week. Do you expect him to get a new deal at Swans? Yeah, I actually had a pretty positive call from the Swans last night, so I'm hoping to get an offer sent today and wrap it up pretty quickly. Ryan would love to stay at Sydney. He's a pretty good story for them to be able to come back in. As you say, last year of his contract was in and out of the side early, early doors, but found a niche role for himself and was pretty important for him towards the end of the yeah, final series. I'm, I'm pumped for Ryan. Like he's such a good person around the club. He, he gives his all every week, whether he's playing in the, the twos or in the ones and was able to 
find his way into the team, um, play the second half of the year and contributed really well playing that, you know, that shutdown role of some really dangerous players. And in the final series, I thought he played some really good, good footy and, yeah, if he could get another year, which it looks like he will, he'd be pumped. He's one of my favourites at the Swans. One of my favourites of this year, though, is sitting to my left, Harry. Congratulations on your year, mate. It's been a fantastic long year for you and lots yeah. of success in there. You had a couple of weeks of, of big games, Sandringham Dragons Grand Final, which you guys won, and then Vic Metro Grand Final, which it yeah. turned out to be a win over Vic Country. Tell us about your draft year and how it's gone. Yeah, it has been a big year. Thanks, Cal. Um, yeah, started probably... Um, at Dragons, um, we were just like working pre-season and then first four rounds where we have all the APS players, um, we lost round one, then we, we won a few in a row and then all the APS players went to go, went, went back and then, yeah, it's kind of, I was there consistently the whole year. So it was good to, I guess, um, work with the coaches throughout the year and get like consistent messages along with like Will. Um, and then yeah, Vic Metro Carnival, um, middle of the year, which we, yeah, like you said, we won recently and then yeah, the finals were pretty special. How do you rate that? Grand final night game from yourself, kick four goals, a couple of special ones in there. Did you set yourself for that stage? Yeah, I like to think so. It was good fun that night to to win a flag with the boys that like we've been, I said um, somewhere else that we've been building towards that for a few years now, um, being like together since 16s and yeah, it was a special night. How'd you cope with the the week that was? I mean, you had the grand final on the Friday night and then I think it was the next Thursday was the, yeah. the national championships, essentially grand final. I mean, what were your hopes going into it and did you, did you fulfill them? Um, yeah, definitely. Like winning both was, that was the goal. And I think we did that. Um, and yeah, we actually had six day breaks, the whole final series. So from like, we played like Murray, Calder, Gippsland, and then Dandenong and then into the Metro game was all six day breaks. So I was just focused a lot on recovery. Um, not too much training, but yeah, then just like prepping for game day. Nick, where do you see Harry going on draft night? What's the, the feedback from clubs? I know you speak to them across the year, across the previous couple of years about Harry and, and all types of players in this year's pool. Where do you see him slotting in? I think it'd be safe to say that he's somewhere in the top 10. Um, there's still a bit to play out, but probably between picks three to 10. I mean, a lot can change and the picks can change. And there's still a lot of, you know, water to go under the bridge in terms of the combine and interviews and other bits and pieces. But I think he's had a great year. He's been so consistent. He's worked really hard on his game. Um, off the back of a great preseason where he improved a lot of parts of his game. So, um, no, we're proud of him and, and I think he'll feature prominently. How many clubs at the top end have you spoken to a, a lot of times? Like we know North Melbourne's yeah. right at the top there and, and the Giants as well, West Coast, the Bombers are in that in that top five slot. Yeah, so I've spoken to Hawks and Giants twice um, and then the rest just the once. And then I think I'm going to speak to them, most of them at the Combine. Did you hold yourself together and contain yourself when you spoke to the Hawks? I know yeah. if, you, if you're listening now and want to have a look at uh, Harry's love of Hawthorne, <laughs> Google Harry Sheasel and the story wrote earlier this year. You found a couple of photos when you were, what, three or four having a kick with Buddy? Yeah, yeah, pretty early on. Like, I love my Hawks, but, yeah, I can't. I guess I, it is a national draft, and, like, now I'm open to going somewhere else, and I know that's probably – well, it's not probably going to happen or it might happen, but we'll see how we go. Who do you model your game around, Harry? Um, I like to think a few players. A um, bit of Connor Rose, um, Toby Green. Yeah, and then I like to think, like, when I go into the midfield, Scott Pendlebury, but, yeah, he's a star. <laughs> had, I mean, you've played, obviously, with a lot of great players throughout the year. You played with, with Will Ashcroft throughout the season, both with Vic Metro and with, with Sandringham. How have you yeah. found that and then the, the development of learning off those boys as well? Yeah, playing with Will has been massive um, for my development, especially this year. Like, him being um, the captain of Dragons um, and me being the vice-captain, I worked closely with him and learned a lot off him. Like, he was out of school, so he was kind of 
like a full-time athlete already this year. So to like learn from what he's been doing um, outside of training, like the extras and that, and just his mindset, um, yeah, it was, it was really important. We'll get to some of your, your other big deals after the break shortly, Geish. But this time last year you were in here and we we're talking about Paddy Lipinski and his move from the dogs for more opportunity at Collingwood. That one, I presume, couldn't have gone much better from mm. his end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what a what a great year for Collingwood in general. What an exciting year. And, um, yeah, for Pat to play all 25 games and be so consistent throughout the year. Like, he started with a bang, got three Brownlow votes against St Kilda, and and he just had that sort of midfield, half-forward role, bit of wing. And, um, yeah, for him to be able to play in so many big games, finals, Anzac Day, you know, the, the, the Carlton game in the last round, um, it was really exciting and, and I love what they're building. So yeah, the, in hindsight, the, tr- the trade's been great. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really proud of him. Boys, happy to stick around for another 15 minutes after the break. Yep. Uh, we'll get to that shortly. I this don't have a choice. The, there. Yeah, Aaron for the long haul. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre. For expert car service, booking your to your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Two Jews at McDonald's.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. We're joined in the studio by Nick Geishan of Connor Sports Management and Harry Sheasel, who is a potential top five pick at this year's NAB AFL Draft. Nick, I want to wind the clock back a few months. Uh, Clayton Oliver, obviously, was in contract for another year. Got his deal through to 2030. How did that one come about? It all happened pretty quickly, Riley. I mean... um... I mean, he wasn't out till mm-hmm. the end of next year, but with a lot of the pre-agent stuff, uh, it was just right time. Um, and, and the club were fantastic in terms of coming up with a deal that Clayton was going to accept pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, Melbourne are fantastic to deal with. Clayton was so happy to sign it and it's going to be hopefully a, you know, a, a really good back end of his career at Melbourne. We've seen a couple of players do that now, sign pretty early while they are still contracted for another season heading into their free agency year. Are you getting a sense that the clubs are being more proactive from that regard to try and not let their players get into free agency and to try and time down early? Oh, definitely. I mean, as a put myself in a club situation, you would never want your best players mm-hmm. to be free agents because the market just says that clubs go hard at the free agents and these players obviously are, you know, so highly thought of that they're going to get interest from other clubs. So to time down early and get some security in that regard, which is what Melbourne have done with obviously Christian, Clayton, Brayshaw, yeah. to lock away some of those key players was from their point of view, fantastic. Can he be a, a like a two career type of player? Like he's career to this point, he's played 100, I'll just look at his numbers now and they're astonishing numbers. Nearly 150 games, got a flag. The best and fairest. He's twenty five. Four best and fairest, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but can he also have like the second half of his career? Can it just be as good as anyone's single career? It, it's it's tracking to absolute greatness, isn't it? You probably. I mean, I probably don't think about it a lot. You just in the day to day. But yeah. when you think about what he's achieved, like the best, the be, Melbourne's best and fairest is again tonight. If he wins it tonight, that's four in seven years. I think he's been all Australian either three or four times. He's you know. Um, He's been high up in the Brownlow a couple of times. He's won the um, the MVP. Like he's had 
it's been an amazing seven years for Clary. Um, oh, I mean, if you could, if you could replicate, I mean, it'd be really hard to replicate those numbers, but in saying that players are still in the prime of their career from, you know, 26, 27, 28, you look at a lot of the, the guns around the league, they're still playing really good footy. So ideally Clayton would want, the reason he signed on for so long was because he thought Melbourne had the list to contend for a flag for another seven or eight years. So hopefully that's the case and they can pinch another one. But um, no, it was great. It's exciting. And he's, you know, really committed to trying to keep improving and getting some more success. He's had an amazing career. Someone who had an amazing September was Darcy Wilmot. Last year, he's picked 16 in the draft. He makes his debut in a final, plays well, actually adds a little bit of difference to their their mix. You've got a smile on your face talking yeah. about Darcy Wilmot. Nah, he's a he's a great kid, Darcy. And I mean, what an exciting start to his career, having, you know, first two games, two big finals wins. Um, and he'd and he and he'd had a really consistent year in the in the VFL. He 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 put together some good form. He was actually due to to make his debut a couple of months before, but he got struck down with COVID that week. So he had to fight really hard for a game. And I think he does add something with his speed and his agility and his ability to play on talls and smalls. But as you guys have, you know, as, as he's shown, he's a great character and he's much loved there and it's exciting. Seeing that Harry and seeing a player come in and make an impact like that, does that give you the impetus to know that you can do the same next year potentially? Yeah, it's pretty inspiring. Um, just to see, like, like Geish said, like he had COVID and then to like work hard to, and then not give up and then to keep thinking he's, he's a chance, even in a final, it's just pretty inspiring. And yeah, it'd be pretty cool to replicate that. Talk us through the management process from your eyes. You're, you're you know, not far from turning 18. Yeah. When did management companies first get in touch with you and how did you go through that decision making process? Because as you, you well know, it's a, it's a big call and one of the big calls that yeah. are forced upon you to some degree in entering the, the competition. But how was that for you? Yeah, so it was probably different from my year with COVID, but last year after like the Vic Metro games, um, started getting some interest, not like too intense, just like a few messages, a few phone calls, just asking to meet. Um, so yeah, I went through that process, met with a few managers and then narrowed it down to a few. And then, yeah, Geish was my man. What about uh, the influence of your folks? I know your dad, Dana, will be listening. Uh, Diesel, we call yep. him. <laughs> yep. He's a very avid supporter of yours. He, he enjoys your goals behind the goals. I've sort of tracked, to, tracked him at different Sandringham Dragons games. The influence yep. of your parents in such a big year as well, because there is so much going on. You've got your school work that you're still at school as well at Mount Scopus. Um, that community's right behind you as well. Yeah. 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 They do so much for me, just not just this year, but my whole life. Um, First, like dad, like he probably introduced me to football um, and pushed me really hard early on. And then it kind of got to a stage where I took over and was more internal. But just the constant support from both him and mum in different, like, I guess, asset, like different um, areas has probably got to me, got me to where I am now. And then this year to help me like through the management process and like the media attention and help me stay grounded has been massive. What about then the potential of moving away? How does that sit with you? Yeah, it sits fine with me. Um, like I probably would prefer to stay here in Melbourne with my family um, because we are really close, but I'd be like, yeah, I think I'm a pretty loyal person. If I were to go into state, um, I'd work really hard to try and give it my best shot. Talk to us about your position. You've played a lot forward. You've played a bit through the midfield this year. Yeah. It's one of those modern footballers that we see coming through all the time now. Where do you prefer to play? Um, I think I'm more of a forward. Um, I think in the first few years of my AFL career, I think that would probably be my position. Um, but I think I do have the capacity to play um, midfield, maybe even full-time as well um, as pinch hitting in there. Um, so, yes, I guess I'll see what club, if I go to, like whatever club I go to, we'll see what they want. 
Geese, you've obviously got Harry on your books this year, but talk us through some of the other players you've got in the, the Connor Sports Management stable coming through the ranks. Yeah, no, it's a it's a reasonably strong strong draft, which which we're very fortunate to have. So um, up the top, we think Elijah Sardis, George Wardlaw will be around the mark somewhere. Um, both have had, I guess, injury interrupted years to a small degree, but both, um, especially some of George's stuff at the start of the year for Oakley was unbelievable. And Elijah's just a gun and... Um, came back and played some really good footy in the second half of the year. Um, Cam McKenzie, who Robbie looks after, um, also has had a super year for Sandy. Um, School footy, Vic Metro, um, Lewis Hayes has really developed as the year's gone on. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a key back and they're hard to find and Mm. he's, he's got some really good characteristics. Um, And then some others like Lockie Cowan, who had a ripping year, won the, won the Morris medal. Um, Ollie Hotton is another from the Dragons who's been a bit of a bolter. Um, Matt Jefferson. Yeah, Matt Jefferson, who's, you know, had such a sensational championships and finish finish off to the year. So that's just to name name some of the guys. But um, Blake Drury, we, we, we feel like they're all, you know, hopefully a, a really good chance. What's your read on pick one then, given you're going to have a few contenders? Um, my read on it is it's it's really even and we're not sure yet. I still, th- I think the Kangaroos would be weighing up a number of different things. Um, and, and, and is there a potential trade? Um, do, do they want the inside mid a, a bit more of a, an outside mid like Elijah or a forward such as Harry or, um, Aaron Cadman, for example. So I think they're, from what I understand, they're still working through all those different types of scenarios, but either way they're, they're going to get a really good player. Any adjustments I should have made to my top 30 today, Harry? You know these guys better than I do, even. No, I think you do a good job. Yeah, you covered it well. Okay. I want to flip the script. <laughs> flip the script a little bit. Cal, how do you get to that decision of where you where you rank everyone from now? I mean, how, how much work did you put into this this week? Oh, plenty. And you don't want to um, make any rash calls. You know that people are reading, and and particularly you know the boys involved will be reading as well. So it's obviously a lot of phone calls and, and effort goes into it. In the end, your name's on it though, so you need to put down. And make a call. And there are some players outside of the top 30 today that I would have liked to have, have put in, but were just squeezed out. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be top 30 selections. This is just one person's view. But look, I think that the top end of the group, and Harry's a part of that, but Elijah, uh, George Wardlaw, Cam McKenzie, Aaron Cadman, Will Ashcroft, um, Bailey Humphrey, I think has pushed himself into that group as well, is, is really exciting. So um, there's a reason why clubs are uh, keen to hold on to picks in there as well, but also why clubs might be trying to get two and, mm. and trade back and, and double up as well if they can. So, yeah, I think there'll be some changes and there'll be some changes in the order which shakes out um, come draft time. But still a little bit to go. Still two months, I think, till draft day or so. So it's a nervous wait for most of the boys involved. Nick, what does the weekend look like for you? Obviously, you've got Dan McStay who's a free agent. You'd be expecting an offer to lodge there shortly. I mean, do you, do you stay in touch with him across the weekend or does that just get done straight away? Well, Dan's actually going overseas on Sunday for um, for a month. So I've, I've spoken to him yesterday and this morning just to give him a bit of an update. And I think Dan's, Dan's stuff will probably go down next week, I would have thought. Um, in terms of the weekend, um, I, as I said before, I'm pretty quiet. Um, I don't have Francis Evans um, is a delisted free agent. So that, that will get done a bit later on in the year. But... Um, in terms of some other players, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm under control for the moment. So he's overseas. Is he in the same time zone? What, what's the, what's the, what's the go to there? Does he, uh, does, does he get the phone call at 1am in the morning or do you just wait till he wakes up? Yeah, look, it, it, it'll get done sometime next week. So I imagine he might be on the, the plane or he might be sleeping. He might be jet lagged or whatever, but, um, 
yeah, he'll, he'll be at Collingwood, which is exciting for him. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time throughout the last half hour. It's been great to, to have you on board. Harry, good luck for exams when they come yeah. about, and then obviously for the draft in a couple of months' time. No, thanks, Riley. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, guys. This has thanks, been guys. the Trade Exchange for Rain, built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install the rain. We'll be back next Monday. That's when the trade period opens. We'll see you then. Listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one and four. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.